Okay. Well, we'll get we'll get started here this morning. So I'm thankful that we have an opportunity here to talk about uh, personal evangelism. And uh, today we are going to talk about what is evangelism. Uh, I listened to Mark's uh, message last week. It was really good. Um, just a great introduction into the what and the why. Um, we, we, Mark and I just went back and forth, and it's like, what should you start with? Should you start with the why of evangelism, or you should start with the what is evangelism? And it's like, well, you almost can't say what without the why, so we decided to go with the what first. So what is evangelism? Because, But you're going to hear why creeping in, because it always is there. Why we do what we do, um, and that answer is always to glorify God, of course, but really breaking that down exactly what it is. So I'm excited to do what is evangelism, um, just kind of the whole course. I don't think Mark laid out the whole course for you, but we actually got three extra classes added on. So instead of 12, we got 15, So which is great. So that allow us to um, get to play with a little bit more. So we are going to do um, the what. Then we're going to get into next, well, so next week, I should make the announcement that next week we're having a congregational meeting, so everybody's going to be in there next week. But then uh, Labor Day weekend, um, we're going to do, I'm going to teach on what is the gospel, okay? So we're going to really break that down. Then we're going to get into the why of evangelism. Um, We're going to spend a few weeks into that. Then we're going to get into the how, um, and then a lot of times we jump right into the techniques of evangelism, but we, what we want to do is the techniques of getting your heart ready to share the gospel. Um, and so we're going to get into particularly the, um, the how of preparing your heart. Then we're going to get into the, um, like some of the fun techniques and what to do. And then we're going to end with, okay, so you have somebody converted, then what? And a lot of times what we do is, hey, pastor so-and-so, take them. It's like, but you're the one that led them. You're the one that has the relationship. What we need to do and to finish strong with that. Okay? So that's kind of a big overview of what we're going to do. <clears throat> and, uh, but like I said, we got three more weeks that we get to have fun with, um, which will uh, be good. So um, a little bit about me. Um, I do not have the gift of evangelism. Evangelism is a struggle uh, with me. It's hard. It's something um, that um, I feel called to do and I want to do. Um, But I completely understand how hard it is and the difficulty is. Some people have the gift of evangelism. I'm looking at these two people right here. um, That uh, just, uh, (laughs) not you, Brother B. He's... uh, um, he, he's a great uh, uh, encouragement to me and just in all that he does. So, um, and it's, of course, not him. He'll say, first off, it's the Holy Spirit working through him. And so we want to be faithful. God gives us each gift. So some people in here won't have the gift of evangelism, but that doesn't mean that you can't because the Holy Spirit is empowering you to work and for his glory uh, through that. So, um, we want to uh, do that well. So I just think of like probably evangelism. If you think of a spiritual disciplines, that's probably one of the people put that on the top of the list as the hardest thing to do. What are some other spiritual disciplines that you're like, oh, that's probably as a church is really hard to do. 
You guys ever thought of that? Fasting, yeah. Americans don't like fasting. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, steadfast caring for the poor or the oppressed. Okay. okay. Yeah, because the oppressed are forgotten. And so they're just that. You don't see them every day, so you forget about them. And um, so they're easy. They're kicked aside. So that's a good one. So so a loving the press. So that's, that's right. that hits right to Isaiah 58, right? What is fasting? It's caring for the oppressed. So I kind of think prayer is probably a difficult thing, especially public prayer. I think getting and communally um, praying together. I, I, I listened to a uh, missionary. Um, he, I think it's Uganda or somewhere over there in eastern part of Africa. And um, they were talking with... Um, a church that had uh, weekly, all-night prayer and fasting. So they would pray from 7 o'clock at night to 7 in the morning, and they do that weekly. And the Ugandan person, was Christian, was saying, how often do you guys do all-night prayer and fasting in America? And he's like, we don't do that at all. And they're like, and then the Ugandan was like, are you guys Christians over there? <laughs> and then, but then the missionary went and said, but one thing that we do over in the United States really well is we do personal devotions by ourselves, prayer and, um, and reading the scriptures really well every day. And the Ugandan people don't do that because they're more communal. Um, so that's an interesting um, uh, observation there. So um, we're going to pray because one of the big things with evangelism is that we want to pray here together so that we want to grow in that and grow in our understanding of evangelism. So I always like to have um, group participation. I am very discussion oriented. Um, if you have me coming up here and just give a lecture to you, it'll be one, very boring and secondly, very fast. So if you want to get out of here quick, don't say anything. But, <laughs> so, uh, but um, so I do want to commit time for prayer for us on what is evangelism um, and just to help us in that. Could I have like two or three people volunteer to pray and just kind of lead us? Does anybody want to do that? AJ, anybody else? Brother B, you, okay. So we'll go in that order. Father God, thank you so much for this time as brothers and sisters to gather on your day, Lord, on your, this Lord's day, uh, to worship you, to pray with each other, to learn about you and your word and who you say you are. And today I, I thank you for, for Kyle and the opportunity that we all have to learn from him and learn from each other on the topic of evangelism that is, um, really strikes at, at the heart of your great commission, Lord, that he tell us to, to share the hope that's within us and give us a sense of the hope that's within us. Uh, Lord, I, I pray that they were able to learn more and become more and more convicted about how we can evangelize our neighbor and how we can evangelize maybe even each other um, and how that continues and, and that um, the full picture of evangelism can become more clear so that we can better love and serve you as your children. 
Amen. Okay, so I'll ask you that question to start us off, to get us thinking, kind of pre-thinking this. What is evangelism? As you guys think about it, um, what, would you, what would you define evangelism? What would you say its component parts are? Gospel. Gospel, yeah. So sharing the gospel, that would be like probably <laughs> a big part of it, right? Is that it? Do you think it's more? I think we also have to have a um, have to have a sense of the lostness of the people around us because if we don't have that, what's the purpose? You know, okay. what are we? Um, and, and and then even really remembering uh, that we ourselves at one time were lost, and if mm -hmm. we forget that, then. Um, I, I think it's easy for us to um, to not want to think about people that are lost, to think about hell. You know, I mean, let's let's take you know, for example, the fire in you know Lahaina or however you say it in Hawaii. Now there's to this point they've counted over a hundred people that died. Well, every one of those people is still living. Okay, but their chance for salvation, if they need it, is gone forever. Um, so, what? How does that? How does that motivate us to think about the people around us okay. that are still living that have the chance? Um, and um, and then how how do we how do we let that motivate us? Or, you know, or do we push it aside because now well, it's too uncomfortable to think about? It. I got other things to do. We got 
you know, and, and maybe very, very good things. But um, I mean, that's kind of where my uh, thought process has been for several months, um, mainly in relation to Awana, but, but you can apply it to any situation. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, yeah. So, so we have, you know, what is evangelism um, is part of that understanding, having right motive or the engine or the power behind it. Like what's our drive? That's good. conversation so I say all the right things and get my desired end which is them accepting Jesus in that exact encounter which is really intimidating okay so what is evangelism kind of like a right method or so there's a method is that what you're saying Only, I only evangelized if I was successful in my ultimate motive. Okay. So, okay, so, so evangelism um, equals success. So, equals conversion. Equals conversion. So, that's what you think. Okay. That's good. That's good. So, so speaking of what God has done for them to those that have not heard or aren't in his character. In his character. Okay, good. I, I think that, I don't know, and, and I'm, I'm young enough, like maybe, maybe this has always been the case, but I feel like there's the people who are out there who are not believers, which we know there are many, they, they sort of just at the surface reject this idea of God. At least the people who are or outright atheists, right? They, they just reject that there's this that there's this God who they have to bow down to or who they have to submit to. So I do think that it's important that it is personal, just because we probably need to break through the barrier of this generic generic idea of God or this higher power. That we need to make it personal in how um, because our our faith is personal. And our, and our salvation is personal. It's not just this generic idea of this God, you know. So I do think the personal aspect of it is important. Um, and, I, and I also think gaining <coughs> someone's trust so that we have the right to speak into their lives. And that maybe is more of a relational evangelism as opposed okay. to like street evangelism where you can't okay. really develop a relationship with someone. But yeah. so, God, God puts us in places work or wherever where we can develop those relationships to where at some point we hopefully have the right to speak truth into that person's life. Mm -hmm. So as I hear us talking about what is an evangelism, we started with the gospel and now we're kind of making it a little bit bigger here to where we're talking about a relationship trust building part. There's a 
fruit of the spirit that that is reminiscent of, what would you say it would be? If you go through, so when you're building trust and you're building relationships, you are what? What are you doing to them? You're loving them, okay? So there's an aspect of love in what is evangelism, okay? So we can really boil it down to just the gospel or we can do that. So uh, so I also, um, and uh, Paul here touched on it a little bit, but I also want to just kind of do a side exercise here of what is your favorite song that you like to sing at church? Kind of rattle off some real quick. Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace. I think like, Non-believers know that song, you know? So, I mean, that's such, a, that's such a powerful song. I mean, we could probably sing that right now, so don't want me singing. So, Diane, you need to sing. So, <clears throat> so I, I was listening this morning to The God Who Sees by Nicole C. Mullins, I think. That's a wonderful worship song. That just brings you in the moment of, like, God sees us and... Um, sees Hagar, sees David, uh, sees Mary Magdalene, and loves us and redeems us. And uh, that just uh, just gives me an emotion of worship at that time. So what are some other songs? It is well. It is well. So it's like, how, it's like, what a paradox to worship and suffering. And it's like, that's a song of losing um, your family and it is well with my soul still. How powerful is that? Any other songs? I know we have some favorites out there. Blessed Assurance. That's good. Blessed Yep. All I have is Christ. <clears throat> yep, all I have is Christ. Just think of like when you sing that favorite song, what, how many here are singing a song in church service and you love the song so much but you're so overcome in emotion, you can't sing the song. Has that happened to you? And, and it's like, um, so that's just what God can do emotionally. And what I want to really kind of put to you guys right now is evangelism is worship. Okay? That's what we're doing is we're worshiping God here with this. It's also we're kind of sneaking in into motive a little bit. But what is evangelism? evangelism is worship and there are people made in the image of God that are not worshiping God right now. So there are people that are made to worship God not doing that. And that's the biggest travesty that's going on right now in this world. That would be like me going into somebody's house, into a kitchen and they just bought a new house and they're showing me all the kitchen gadgets and they go to the microwave and they're like, I don't know what this microwave does, but when I turn it on, the light comes on and the table spins. And they're like, isn't this cool? And you're like, well, it's a microwave. You heat the food up. And like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't do that. It's like, yeah, it does. Let me show you. It's like, no, I don't believe you. And it's like, that's the purpose of the microwave. There's no reason to have a microwave. It's like, no, I like to watch the table spin around. And you're like, that's absurd, right? It's absurd. And that's what happened. There are people made in the image of God not doing what they're created for, okay? So it is an act of worship to evangelize, and we forget that a, a lot of times. So, um, um, so we're going to kind of dive into that. So I'm going to play a game here. When is it evangelism? 
okay? So I'm a terrible writer. I probably should have a scribe. Okay, um, so when, let's say we have a neighbor and this neighbor moves into our neighborhood and we bake the neighbor cookies. And then, you know, talk about children or dogs. <laughs> That's what people do now, right? So, so somebody said the, uh, um, so dogs are the new children and plants are the new pets. So I was like, that's pretty funny. So, um, so, so is that evangelism? And you're like, well, I don't know. So that's why we're in this class, right? So, <laughs> so let's say neighbor has a heart attack. And you mow his yard. Is that evangelism? So anybody, anybody brave enough to answer? It's a start. Start? Okay, so you're gonna say start? Yeah. Why wouldn't any of that be evangelism? I mean, because you're showing love by mowing your neighbor's yard. You're showing love by baking them cookies. Okay. Introducing yourself to them. Okay. You know, so all that can be the beginning. Okay. So. Okay, so start. Is it completely evangelism? No. Okay. No, we're not. Okay. So it on, sorry. It might depend on if they if they even know that you're a, that you profess to be a Christian or a believer. Okay. If they at least know that you profess, there may be some inkling of it there, but uh, so um, so neighbor is neighbor um, out of hospital. Um, and uh, hospital. There you go. I spelled it wrong. And you're going to see lots of misspellings and bad handwriting. So sorry. But you pray with them. Pray for healing. Is that evangelism? So we're still saying that's a start, right? Okay. So... So next interaction, you invite them to church, they decline. <laughs> Is that evangelism? Is that complete evangelism? We're not comfortable still with like complete evangelism yet, okay? So you invite over for dinner. So we got dinner. Um, you ask to pray for them. And then they ask you, why do you pray? And then you share the gospel. Is that evangelism? So are we more comfortable with this? Why are we more comfortable with this one? We share the gospel. The gospel. So, so I think what... I was going to say it's explicit. It's explicit, right? Okay, so we, we've, we've built a relationship of love, and we have that here. What if, what if they died right here? Did we do evangelism? Did we evangelize? You don't think we did? I'm not going to tell you the answer until the end. So, but I want to get your thoughts. 
think we evangelize, but we can't claim that it was complete unless they accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior before they died. So, so we couldn't stand firm and say we know we completed it, but we can say we we put the effort into evangelism. So you say, so you're saying um, that you have to be before it's evangelism, they have to accept Christ? For us to know, we would have to know that they have been converted. Okay. For us. That's just for us as, as, as a single evangelist that's doing that. Right. For us to know in our soul that they've went to heaven, we would have to know that they've accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior because that's really the only way that any of us are getting to heaven. You know, yeah. Well, yeah. Just to know that. That would just be, I'm not saying we didn't evangelize. Okay. Did. Yeah. But yeah, just to know. Okay. Yeah. 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 To, to know that they've been saved. Yeah. But we're talking more about um, evangelism, not the, the result still. So. Um, I would argue, and that argues a strong word. And, and I say this, I'm going to set the precedent that I don't, I don't, I don't achieve this bar that I'm about to set or whatever. But I would argue that. Non-believers do nice things for people. They, lots of, there are lots of churches who I would say aren't true, legitimate churches who follow Christ and the doctrine, the Christian doctrine, and maybe even pray for people. My sister is very spiritual, and she would say that she prays. She does not know, she does not know the Lord okay. at all. Um, so I would say we, we didn't evangelized to the point that we were explicit as he said why, why are we doing these things why do we do these things um, and, and I say that knowing that I, I don't do that well I'm just that's, a, that's where I think the line would be okay. implicit love and caring and then but making that jump to an explicit declaration of the gospel is very important is that what you would say I mean, yeah I would okay say I would agree because the top three on there, my lost neighbors do that for their other not lost neighbors. Okay. Uh, we can call it evangelizing. Yeah. So so yeah. So like, baking cookies, mowing yard, and praying for healing with somebody. Lost people do that, right? Yeah. Just so. Yeah. But also, though, by only making the last one evangelism, that's part of why it gets so intimidating. That's a big commitment and time. So I could, yeah. could say the top one, you could make cookies, talk about your dog, and then, and about how and all you are God's creation and diversity in dogs. And then yeah. now, you, now you're glorifying God. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, so where you stick the gospel, you know, it, so we could, you know, do you want to be quick about it and be upfront with the gospel? Do you want to take your time? I think that's where the Holy Spirit leads. So, and we'll get into that in our uh, kind of our how evangelism, but yeah, that's good. Dan? Um, something that I, I was guilty of for so many years was because unbelievers could do the top three, like, I often didn't do that. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like, oh, that I was necessarily called by the Bible to do that, but then 
you hear things like a friend of mine whose dad's in another state and an unbeliever, and she was just dismayed that the church right down the street didn't do anything for him, and yet the neighbors who are unbelievers did those kinds of things when he was suffering, and then you realize, oh, we're supposed to do that, and like Jesus okay. said. Okay. So um, let's turn to Romans 10, Romans 10, 14, and 15. Can somebody read Romans 10, 14, and 15? We're going to kind of, so, you know, we have the scriptures, so let's uh, go to the scriptures and see what God says evangelism is, right? So that's always a good start. Can somebody read Romans 10, 14, and 15? This is the, a missionary call. A lot of people will call this. It's a famous one. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news of good things. Okay, so, so what is the verses telling us there that we need to do for evangelism? Huh? Go. Go. So we have to go somewhere. Where do we go to? There you go. Awesome. Go to unbelievers. That's important, right? What else? Speak. Speak. You have to say the gospel, right? The power's in the gospel. The gospel is what changes us. Okay? So that is... Um, you're going to hear me say this story again and again. Um, I met with a Jehovah's Witness elder for a year at my house once a week. And, um, and so we talked about the Bible. And then I was like, I'm not getting anywhere. And I asked a pastor and I asked him, it's like, I'm not getting anywhere with this guy. And his father was a Jehovah's Witness. So I was like, and he goes, did you, did you talk about, have you ever talked about the gospel? It's like, no, we just talk about the Bible. We talk about Christ and who he is. And we talk about Hebrews, you know, just who, who Christ is. And I was like, talk about the gospel. He either be converted or he'll leave you alone. And I brought up the gospel twice and I, I never saw him again. So um, I wish it was, oh, he got converted and changed. That would have been awesome. But would have made for a better story, but <laughs> but it's like the powers in the gospel. You'll be surprised that when you start sharing the gospel, you'll have regular conversations and talk to somebody, and maybe you'll even get into spiritual conversations, but how much Satan attacks you when you start getting into the gospel. Um, that's been my experience. So going, obviously, is, is what we're called to do, and, and I agree with that. There are also times where I have found myself not intentionally going to evangelize, where the Lord has just taken me to a situation where I was obviously there looking back on it to evangelize. I was on, yeah. was on an anniversary uh, date with my wife, and we were walking through uh, this outdoor mall down in the St. Louis area, and these people said, hey, would you like a stress test? And we were, we, we were about the kids. It's like, sure, I'll take a stress test. It turns out they were from the Church of Scientology. Oh. And they were like, have you heard of L. Ron Hubbard? And like, Leslie's like nudging me like, these are like Scientologists. And I was like, 
okay, well, let's just have a conversation. And it went to the gospel, and, and, and you know, I was able to yeah. share the gospel with them. Even. Yeah. You know, it's like a church, and they should know the gospel, but it's obviously not a real church. So there are situations where I think as long as we are prepared to go, if we're reading the word, if, if you know, if the Holy Spirit will give us the word to speak, even in those moments where we're not specifically going to evangelize, Sometimes the world will take us into those situations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We need to be ready for it. Yeah. So, but just making yourself available. Some people just stay in their house, mm -hmm. right? But getting to know our neighbors, going out. So sometimes it's not a big distance, but it's just being out and being aware. Being aware of your surroundings when you're doing your day to day life, when you're in the grocery store. Being aware as you go out and interact with people, people that are hurting. Um, there's. Um, I, I heard a story of one guy, um, she lady was wearing a shirt and it had in memory of, and it was his brother who passed away recently. And, um, and so um, he uh, um, went and asked her about, so tell me about your brother that just passed away. Or, and, and she was able to just joyfully talk about him and um, she wasn't a believer, and he's like, "Can I pray?" And he was able to share the gospel through that. It's just a, just an interaction. So just slowing down, you know. It's like I gotta buy my milk, and uh, but just taking an opportunity to do that. Also, turn to First Corinthians eleven twenty six. Here's another way of evangelizing. We don't think of it this way, but it's fun. So can somebody read 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six? Go for it, AJ. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you, procre you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Okay. We don't usually think of uh, communion as evangelism, but it is. So it's like what we do... Um, Communion is so integrated into um, Christ's death and resurrection that it screams it. We sometimes forget that because we're doing it all the time and we forget and we're doing the tradition, but um, it proclaims Christ's death. And then let's go to Romans 15, 18 through 20. Can somebody read 18 through 20? I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Illyricum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ, and thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been made, lest I build on someone else's foundation, that as it is written, those... No, that's fine. Yeah. So, um, so what is evangelism according to the scriptures here? Telling what Christ has done in your life. Personal testimony. Okay. My word and deed. Okay. Yeah. So. So we have word right here, 
in the gospel, right? But also deed. So the deeds of of God, right? So testimonies, right? That'll fit right in there. The deeds of God, but also, um, I guess I should say deeds of God here. Proclaiming that and then deeds of us. What Diane was saying. I have to say, I'm loving having two whiteboards here. This is great. <laughs> it does. It's like, I'm excited. I have never been so blessed teaching. <laughs> so. I like it even going back to baking and mowing and so forth. And someone had mentioned just why. And, uh, but this, the scripture really speaks to that as well that uh, it is why is speaking anything except Christ is to bring the Gentiles to obedience, to bring to Christ. Two records that the Holy Spirit convicts me that uh, several years ago with the rescue mission and uh, with some, some FCA kids, and, uh, and uh, they were showing us around and how they, they're doing for folks, and then talked about the gospel into their mission uh, uh, to men. And the comment was simply made you know, we don't want to just keep it comfortable until they get to hell. And uh, uh, that, that is to me, even as Diane mentioned, what, what is, why are we doing this? And, uh, mm -hmm. just, uh, yep. As we look at all of this, what's my motivation? And that scripture really speaks to that. I bring the Gentiles to the Yeah. It's my ambition. That's good. Yeah, having the right having um so part of that is really good so it always will creep in here as we talk about we're going to be talking about the why all throughout uh this whole um this whole quarter here so um we also um there's also part of evangelism is the holy spirit right is in there so um so you need the Holy Spirit in evangelism. You didn't get too far. So <laughs> that's... And maybe would we add also just evangelism is not defined by the outcome of it. Of, yeah. It's not defined. We don't measure the success of it by how well we did in converting someone because that doesn't belong to us. That belongs to God. It's, mm -hmm. it's, God's, it's God's sovereignty that will ultimately decide if someone is the savior and he uses you as a tool, but um, the success of evangelism is only in the clarity of the presentation of the gospel and our love for others, mm -hmm. not defined by what, what happens. Yeah, the, the outcome is God's. Our job is to preach, right? Which is good, because we don't want to be, if it's up to us, then how many people would we bring mm -hmm. to Christ? Zero, because we... We want something supernatural to happen. 
So this is a super, evangelism is supernatural. And so that's why it is so important that prayer is used in here. And we're going we're gonna to talk about prayer later on um, and how important that is. Because if you want something supernatural to happen, you need to ask God to do it because you ain't going to be able to. So. I appreciated uh, his comments because I thought you were too nice to point out that first reference we read in Romans 10 actually completely negates that barrier in my mind of if it is, doesn't result in conversion, then I didn't evangelize because it, it says um, that they're not all going to obey the gospel. Mm -hmm. And in Israel, he says, all day long I've held out my hands yeah. to a disobedient and contrary people. And as Christians, we are many Christ's, and we're supposed to also hold out our hands to disobedient and contrary people. Um, so I appreciate you not saying to see Diane. <laughs> yeah. But the Bible does really clearly okay. move that out of our way, which yeah. is what evangelism is not. Evangelism is not dependent on the outcome. So so evangelism is dependent on our faithfulness. So and and then uh, these parts there. So that's good. Or our obedience, <clears throat> which is Americans we don't like to say. Yeah, obedience. <laughs> Obedience issue that's really clear in Romans 10, which mm -hmm. is a matter of personal repentance on my part. Yeah. Um, um, one of the things I had done, you used the word why. The what? You used the word why there. Okay. I, I had to ask myself, you know, why did I get so angry when I was rejected? And I had a, 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 I had a neighbor that went, I just went over to see him. I heard his wife passed away, and he he uh, I went in the house and we talked and I asked him if I could pray for him. He said, "Yeah." I went back again a second time. I asked him again if I could pray for him. He said, yeah. And then I said, well, why don't we go out sometime to eat? We go over to Pizza Ranch. And we'll have lunch together. And, well, we just, you know. And then uh, I come back home. And one day I got a phone call. He said, Brother B, he said, I'm not a religious man. I don't want to be a religious man. I don't want anything to do with religious. And we're going to stop right now. Hmm. Hmm. I'm not going to go to lunch, he said. Yeah. I don't need a friend. <laughs> and wow. I, I really bothered me. Hmm. I said to myself, why did I get so upset? I mean, it's not me that he rejected. Yeah, I think there's pride there, you know. Hmm. He rejected the Lord, and I still, it really, I tell you, it humbled me. Hmm. And I guess I got thinking about it, and, and then he moved away. 
Okay. I'm sorry, but you, but I still pray for you. Okay. You never know. Yeah. I gave him a track, you know. And uh, so I think that's one of the things we have to watch out. Why do we do this? And why do we get upset when we're rejected? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's that, that's a that's an excellent story because we it's like why I presented to Christ. They listened. They are so close and then they rejected it. Did I mess it up? God, why didn't you change them? Yeah. It's like we have all these questions on why why did it happen that way? And you can get angry, you can get discouraged. Um, I, I, I probably many of you have loved ones that you are praying for and caring for. Um, and then why they aren't doing that. And um, you prayed a lot too about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So th but those those are those are um, those are good those are good questions to ask. Um, and we don't have time. So but we are going to be talking about that, the why and getting into that. So that'll be really good. So um, so well so one one thing would be let's turn to John chapter thirteen. John thirteen thirty four and thirty five. Can somebody read John thirteen thirty four and thirty five? A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So what's evangelism there? Huh? Love. Yeah, love one another. You're like, you're doing evangelism when you love one another. And then let's take it one step further on John 17, 20. Can somebody read John 17, 20? Through 23. Now, this is the high priestly prayer that Jesus prays for his disciples. And then it transitioned in verse 20 to every believer. So he's talking, he's praying for his disciples, and then he makes the switch to every believer. Can somebody read 20 through 23? I did not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me, and love them, even as you loved me. Okay, so, what's evangelism in that one? Unity. Unity. What's, what's unity look like, practically lived out? Being one with God. What does it mean to be one with God? What does that practically look like? Being united with God. We have a really hard time with unity. We don't. We know what disunity is. <laughs> we do not know what unity is. We know it through the Trinity, right? Where we can't even wrap our mind around. How can three persons be one? Like, that makes no sense. And then our biggest picture is the husband and wife being of one flesh, that's unity. But um, 
So we all know that the arguments that can happen in marriages. <laughs> so what does unity look like? Putting others before yourself as one yeah. I mean, I think that that's, for me, one of the biggest things. If I'm putting someone else before myself, then um, obviously that needs to be reciprocated, I suppose, but I don't think of it that way because that's not what we're commanded to do. If we put others before ourselves, then we're, and we're not looking out for what's best for us, mm -hmm. which is what a lot of times I think causes disunity. Yeah. So, so for being forbearing within one another, that's, this is Ephesians chapter 4, the first few verses there bearing with one another, loving one another, being Christ-like, that's unity with Christ. So being united with Christ shows that Jesus Christ was sent and that the Father loves them. So being salty, um, the saltiness of, of, of what the scriptures say and are being salty in your speech and being salty and um, being savory and desirable by the world is to be full of love. And then the world looks at that and then knows that Jesus Christ was sent. Okay, so that's part of evangelism. So that's why that word indeed that um, Paul talks about in Romans 15, that word indeed is so important. So getting back to this right here. So we need to be loving and united with Christ, united with God and love others. So we're to, um, because God loved us first, we love him. And then, therefore, because we love God, we love others. Okay? So we're getting a little bit into the motive and the why of evangelism, which is love. Um, so, and so we want to love well, and then, but we have to share the gospel with evangelism. If we never share the gospel, and that's Romans 10, then that's where the power is. If they've never heard the gospel, they cannot be saved. You cannot be saved apart from Christ. There's no way. Okay? So that's why the power is in there. So if they died before they hear this, um, then evangelism was not done. But that doesn't mean that we're not one body, right? So just because we didn't completely do evangelism doesn't mean the whole church can't. So there can be a community of believers that can come along where they're loved by 10 people and maybe three of them out of those 10 people that are loving them actually share the gospel. But we do want to encourage to actually share the gospel. Um, that's where the power is and that's where we want to get to. Um, we have this problem to jump. We tend to do this pretty well. And then when we get to here, we... Um, have a whole bunch of excuses. <laughs> and so what we want to do is help you get from here to here. Okay. And that is a big jump. So I'm not saying it isn't. Um, but uh, there are ways that um, and techniques and preparing our heart to where we can get get to that jump. As a note, um, many of you might know Philippians 115, um, where it talks about, you know, I'll, I'll just read it Philippians 115. <clears throat> I got to find it here. Philippians 1.15, it's Paul talking about people bad-mouthing him. Um, and it says, indeed, Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill, the latter do out of love, 
knowing that I am here, put here for the defense of the gospel, the former proclaimed Christ out of rivalry, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed and in that I rejoice. So he's talking about people that have evil motives or bad motives and they're proclaiming Christ. And he's like, hey, at least they're proclaiming Christ. So people are actually sharing the gospel, not lovingly. Okay, so that seems to be contradictory to what I am just saying um, out of that. Um, and so I just want to bring that up and just say, um, you know, even though we established that um, love is an essential part of evangelism, um, we remember this is supernatural with the Holy Spirit. God can still use um, the words of the gospel despite evil motives. Okay, and and. And so such is the power of the gospel. So the gospel, the power is in the word of God. And that's what that's what's very important with that. So we can still have evil motives. We can still do it wrongly. We can like, oh, I hate doing evangelism. I don't want to do this, God. I'm going to do it anyways because, of, you know, and we still do it. Um, but love is an essential component of that. Um, that we want to get to and try and teach. So just wanted to say that um, Philippians, a lot of people ask me about that. Um, so, and do that. Any questions about that? Um, or just uh, carrying on the same thought, you know, like you just said they would see your good deeds and glorify your Father. Yeah. So if we didn't turn back to what Eric was saying, like if they know, if they know us, they might know our motivation a little bit or whatever, but there's some some connection to our good deeds uh, that will glorify your Father in heaven. If we just good deeds, they don't know any, you haven't spoken or said anything. How would they, how would the conclusion then be to glorify your Father in heaven? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. So, and I'd also encourage repeated repeated um, presentations of the gospel is also really good, especially raising my children. So it is shocking to where you share the gospel with them very clearly and they repeat it back and then they forget it. So, and it's like, this is spiritual warfare, I'll tell you that. Cause, and it's like, I've told them numerous times and then they can't repeat it. So um, we wanna evangelize our children and they need to hear it over and over and over and over again. So uh, just because they come to church doesn't mean that they're hearing the gospel, so. I wanted to just offer one encouragement. Um, I'm, I'm one of seven kids in my family. All of the kids now, are, I'm, I'll be 41 this year. They're, we're all grown, but um, I'm the only believer that I'm aware of in my family, uh, other than my father, just from the kids. And I've shared the gospel with them multiple times. And honestly, the relationship just, we're not close anymore. And that happened after I became a believer. Okay. And so I think I don't remember the reference, but but I believe in scripture it says somewhere that we are like the stench, we have like the stench of death on us to unbelievers. So it, it's not us, right? I mean it's they, they see the, the they don't want to submit. They don't want to submit their lives to, to, to what inwardly they know to be true, because we all know from Romans that no one is without excuse. Um, so it's just an encouragement to to not get discouraged when when someone might just say, I don't want you to talk to me ever again. Um, you might lose relationships, but we know that we're doing the right thing by, by doing it. Yeah. Yeah. 
So that's good. And that's, and that's kind of just getting back to what Brother B was talking about and just how to do that. And I so badly wanted to answer that question and uh, get it and dive into that, but um, we wouldn't have gotten too far. So, <laughs> so that is to come when we get into the why. Um, and I'm interested to hear more from Brother B on, on that and for you and, and getting that. So excellent uh, discussion, guys. I give you an A+. Plus. So that was awesome because this would have been a really boring lecture. So you guys made it really good and exciting. We're going to do what is the gospel. We're also, um, this equipping class has uh, taking it for credit. Um, and we do homework. There's no homework for uh, today, so yay. Um, but there will be homework uh, in two weeks when we do what is the gospel. So all you have to do, I'll have my email up there if you guys are interested in wanting to know what the assignment um, will be. They're really simple. They're mainly just to um, reinforce what we're teaching and to take what you have and what we're teaching and put it into practice because we want to be we don't want to be hearers of the word, as James say. We want to be doers of the word, not double-minded, deceiving ourselves, right? So it's just it's just a help. You don't have to, um, but we would love it if you guys want that. It's just a nice little accountability thing, okay? So we ran out of time. Let me close in prayer, okay? Father, thank you for um, today. We're thankful for your word, and we're thankful for your love for all the nations that you sent your son to die on the cross for uh, the whole world. And uh, you didn't send it to condemn the world, but to save. So, Lord, thank you for that. Let us be instruments in your hand. Mold us. We want to glorify you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.